Let us pray. Lord, you give us 10,000 reasons to bless and to praise your name and 10,000 more. For you are a Lord of immeasurable grace. We come once again in your grace to consider Holy Scripture. I ask that you take the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, and make them wholly yours. That together in this holy dialogue, we might actively listen and critically think so that we can grow in our capacity to radically love as we've been loved. These things I ask and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before I even start on this sermon, I think it's real important to say, had I not had this dress on and had I wrapped that rope around me, I'd have taken them kids. (laughs) Now that I got that out of the way. Now, when I I was growing up, and I I still think they do it now, um, we have what's called PE. Y'all have PE up here? Physical education. My kids have corrected me the entirety of their lives. They are Pennsylvanians by birth. They say, no, Daddy, it's gym. That's fine. Gym, PE, whatever it is. One of my favorite things to do in that, in that gym class was play with the parachute. You guys ever play with the parachute? I love the parachute. Oh, my gosh, you can throw things on it and flip it up in the air, right? And flip it way up, and then everybody sits down on it and creates a big canopy on the inside. Y'all sitting there. under. Would you know we have one of those here? Which is really exciting. We should play it sometime in church. <laughs> Probably not. That'll be my last Sunday. Yeah. I love I loved participating in, uh, on the days that we, uh, we got to play with the parachute. I also love days when we got to play dodgeball. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love, love dodgeball. And I don't know. Uh, are they allowed to play that anymore? Some, some places are. Some places not so much. I guess it just depends on the administration and their fear of lawsuits. But when I was growing up, that wasn't so much a thing. So, and, and look, I wasn't the fastest kid, I'm going to be honest. So I just hung back a little bit. I watched the first opening melee, and then I'd see some balls come back to me, and I'd have one in each hand, and just boom, boom, and it was on. I actively participated in that one a lot. I loved it. But then there was the square dancing unit. I, I loathed square dancing. Mostly because I'm not a dancer. Um, it just wasn't my thing. But I, my face looked a lot like, like these, these fellas' faces up here. Just not real happy to be doing this. I mean, they were just kind of... And look, my, my face showed it, right? You ever do something and you don't want to do it and your face shows it? But as a youngster, I didn't have Amy there to correct me and tell me to fix my face. So I just showed my face. I didn't want to do it. You know, sometimes we must passively participate in the things we don't want to do so that we can actively participate in the things we do. Kind of like a stewardship sermon series. In today's scripture lesson, the Apostle Paul shares with us a key stewardship principle. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness of your love... See that you also excel in the grace of giving. I love that word in the Greek, excel in the Greek. It's also translated as abound, more than enough, or my personal favorite, superabundance. Superabundance. See, the Corinthian church was well known. They were well known for their faithfulness 
They had good preaching. They had good preachers there. They had good knowledge of God. They were known for being loving, mostly. They abounded in these grace gifts. They had a super abundance of them. But in the grace of giving, not so much. They, like most of us, feared the S word, stewardship. They were continuing to grow in all of these other areas of faith, but they were content to remain stagnant in their giving. They were content to passively participate. That's why Paul was encouraging them to excel in the grace of giving. Why should we excel in the grace of giving? Because when we excel in the grace of giving, we actively participate. We actively participate in the blessing of being God's child. We don't simply hold the rope. We pull on it. God has given us grace gifts to use as his children. We can use them passively. And we'll grow a little when we do. But the more that we actively participate in the blessings we've been given, the more that we use our faith muscles, all of them, the more we're going to grow in our faith development. And that, friends, always boils down to our capacity to love God and love others. That's why for the last three weeks I have said and I keep saying that the S word, stewardship, is not about money. Stewardship is trusting the living God to help us fight the good fight of faith by actively participating in the blessing of being his child. And that's the next slide. By the way, if you haven't noticed, my sentences keep getting longer. They're expanding over the course of this series. Why? Some of you might be saying because your writing is more long-winded than your sermons. Well... That could be the case. But because we're building an idea here. We're building one big idea. Stewardship is trusting a God that we can't control. Instead of making something into our life into a God we can. Stewardship is fighting the good fight of faith. Which helps us, one, to overcome our tendency to want to accumulate stuff that we can't take with us when we die. And two... To write the ways of God upon the fabric of our souls. Because that is something we do take with us when we die. Stewardship is actively participating in the blessing of being God's child. And listen, beloved. God has blessed us immeasurably. Immeasurably. One of my favorite passages from all of Scripture comes from chapter 3 of Ephesians. When Paul writes, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I wish, by the way, a couple of weeks ago, one of my professors uh, in theology from seminary a while back was here. And uh, I didn't know until the end of the service. I double-checked my facts when I saw her eyes. I thought, yeah, everything was in order. But we always opened Theology 1 with the full prayer of this. It starts in chapter 14, or verse 14. I just love the prayer. Immeasurably more. Immeasurably more. See, through Jesus Christ, we become children of God. A God, listen, that can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Because God is infinite. We are finite. 
Yet that same immeasurable God, his same power, that power is at work within each of us, beckoning us to actively participate in the blessing of being his child. As God's children in the United Methodist Church, we vow. We vow to uphold the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. We promise to be active participants in the salvation with which we've been given. As Paul reminds us in one of my other favorite verses of Scripture, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? Because your salvation, friends, your salvation is not a static moment in history. It's not a once and done thing. Well, I was saved on such and such and such and such. I'm done. No. That, friends, is when life begins. You're not done and in lickety split. That's it. No. You're born again and that's when the work starts. So we continue to work out our salvation with fear and with trembling. And Jesus is the author and the source of our salvation, but we are called to actively participate in it. So how can we do this? How can we actively participate in the blessing? Well, we can actively participate in the blessing of our salvation when we give from what we've been given. When we give from what we've been given. And listen, that's great news. Because though God gives more than we can ask or imagine, God does not ask the same from us. God simply asks that we give from what we've been given both in our financial gifts and in our service. Paul writes in today's scripture lesson, for if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Y'all, that's good news. Because when we are willing to actively participate with our gifts and our service, God will equip us according to what he's given us, not what he hasn't. And listen, if no one has ever told you this, then let me be the first. God has gifted you. God has gifted each of you to be of service into his kingdom. And you know what? You're never too young to serve. You are never too young to serve. I mean, David, he slayed a Goliath with a stone. He's about 13. And those of you who are like, well, okay, let the young people do it. I'm old. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm tired. Well, just remember Moses didn't get started till he was 80. And then he led a bunch of griping people through the desert for 40 years and died. I'm just saying. It's about our willingness to give. Now I'm going to tell a story about my cousin. And I'm glad she's not here. I don't want to hurt her feelings. Because the, the illustration is going to be all about how we give from what we've been given. But I also want to share with you her heart. Okay? My cousin is the loudest, worst singer I have ever heard. And I've heard lots of singers. Her voice carries. You know how my voice can carry? Her voice carries over a whole, a, a whole congregation. It can fill a room. It can cut through any noise. And it ain't in a good way. When it's time to sing the hymns, you can even hear her singing badly over the song leader who's using a microphone. Has God gifted her to sing in the chancel choir? 
No, he hasn't. Well, maybe not. Probably not. It ain't happened yet. I don't think it's going to. But he has gifted her with many other gifts, including the gift of hospitality, a gift that she shares with our mammal. But what I love about her spirit is she's willing to give it all, including during the singing of hymns. And I know, I know that God treasures her moments of worship to Him because she is willing to make herself vulnerable. She just puts herself out there. She's vulnerable enough to willingly make a joyful noise. She gives from what she has to offer in the largest choir that her congregation has to offer, the one in the pews. And that, friends, requires vulnerability. And vulnerability is essential to any healthy relationship especially as we actively participate in the blessing of being God's child. Because Jesus modeled for us the vulnerability he desires in our relationship. As Paul reminds us, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our sakes became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And we're not talking about rich in our concept of rich, we're talking about rich in eternal rewards. Those soul-giving rewards not only come later on, but the ones that develop our hearts now. Jesus gave it all. And Jesus had it all to give because he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But he didn't have to. He chose to. He chose to give it all. And so richly did Jesus give that his sacrifice wasn't just a turning point in history, right? Jesus' life, death, and resurrection didn't just change how the calendar ran. It changed and multiplied over the course of every generation his blessings and his riches. Because every believer receives a gift a gift of eternity and gifts that are intended to bless the kingdom of God in their generation and in the generations to come, both financially and in our service. For example, take our sanctuary. I'll tell you, it's one of the finest in the conference, especially acoustically. I love to speak in here. I love to sing in here. It's a fabulous space. It's a wonderful space for worship. The facility in which we are worshiping right now was provided in part by the gifts and services of those who came before us. By people who came and went before I was even born to some degree. Thanks be to God that they excelled in their grace of giving. But you know what? Worship is taking place right now because of the gifts and service of those among us. So thanks be to God for those who give as ushers and greeters, for those who sit at the soundboard and the, the media try to keep up with where I am in my PowerPoint. Thanks be to God for Deb who puts up with me every Sunday. Thanks be to God for you when you come in and you're excited to worship and you sing, whether it's good or not, it's beautiful to God. When we give from what we've been given, we actively participate in the blessing of community. And you should know, God's call to give, 
God's call for service. That's not about God's need. God is God. If God were in need, God wouldn't be God. It's we who are in need. Our souls need us to willingly give to God for our sake and for the sake of our brothers and sisters and for the expansion of His kingdom. Paul writes, Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. Now remember, Christianity is not communism. No one can force you. No one can force you to pray. No one can force you to be present. No one can force you to give. No one can force you to serve. But when we actively participate in the blessing of being God's child, we ensure that there is equality among us. When we each give from what we've been given, not what we haven't been, we do our part to ensure that Calvary is a vibrant, multi-generational congregation, not just now, but into the future. So in the next week or so, you're going to be receiving a membership vow renewal commitment card. It actually says all of that on it because I'm the person that writes things like that. You're going to be receiving that in the mail. Friends, this card is an opportunity to actively participate in the renewal of your membership vows. Vows you took whenever you joined the church. Vows I took a long time ago. And at the bottom of this card is going to be this key stewardship principle. Each person should decide, get, should give what they have decided in their hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Beloved, you are in control of your commitment. You can choose to passively participate or actively participate. But I assure you, the richer blessing is in actively participating. So my prayer is that you will pray over the card when it arrives. I want you to literally pray over it. Will you please just, if you do nothing else, even if you throw it in the trash afterwards, will you please pray over the card when it arrives? And my prayer is that each of us will seriously consider our commitment for 2023. And my other prayer is this, that whatever each of us decides in our hearts, Whatever that is, in our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness, I pray that we give it joyfully. Because the God loves it. God loves it when we cheerfully give from what he has given us. And that's his word seriously considered this day for Calvary Church and all the ears to hear. All thanks and praise be to the God who blesses us immeasurably, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.